This is supposed to be a devotion. Pray for me. <laughs> I don't know if I can do a devotion. <laughs> it's like I can do double devotions, which equal a sermon. Um, oh, tell me about it. Okay, so I want to read this passage to you tonight. It is actually more consistent with the resurrection of Jesus, but there's a crucifixion theme in it. It's John chapter 20, verses 24 to 29. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. You have to chuckle at that, right? Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. And put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Now, when I came across this passage, it made me think about scars. Uh, In the passage, they're called marks. Same thing, scars. You know, we all have them, right? Uh, I've got a few myself. Um, I was actually working on a truck this morning, and then I noticed I had blood running down my nose, and I'm like, well, this is great. I'm going to get a scar before I come and talk about scars. It wasn't that bad, but (laughs) when I thought about scars, I, I don't know if Wayne is here tonight, but... Uh, you'd never guess it, but I was a logger. Yeah. And my uncle had this logging business, and I worked for my uncle. And I, I ran a chainsaw, which I'm much better at it now, but <laughs> I, I cut my foot. And it cut through my boot and into my instep. And so my best scar is like uh, a scar where I had 30 stitches to sew that part of my foot up. On that same job, I knew a man who had an accident while driving a log truck, and the truck caught on fire, and he was burned over, third-degree burns over two-thirds of his body, and it was, I mean, and he bore those scars forever. He was in traction for like 180 days, you know, just suspended over a hospital bed, couldn't move. Uh, My son married a girl who, 10 years prior to him meeting her, was in a serious car accident, and she has many scars as a result. 
The thing is, is scars tell stories, don't they? I mean, not all scars, but most of them. You, in fact, I was thinking that maybe this would be a good icebreaker for some of you small group leaders. Like you get together and say, let's, let's have scar stories. And, you know, you go around sharing the story behind your scars. Now, due to his crucifixion, Jesus had scars. You know this. And oh, what a story those scars told. They spoke toward how he died. He was hung upon a cross. And so the marks in his hands and on his feet were the spikes that were driven through his hands and feet. The scar on his side was where a spear was thrust to see if he was dead. Of course, the follow-up question is, well, why though? Like, why do you have these stars or scars? And so the story we know briefly is that, well, he died willingly as a substitute for us. He died a sinner's death, the death that we should have died. He did it so that we could live forever. Forever. That's a long time, isn't it? Forever. Well, that's another thing about scars. They last forever. You know, Patty, um, in her line of work, has this little, she used to work, she has this little roller thing. and You can roll over a scar and break up the tissue, the scar tissue, and it smooths it over pretty good. And sometimes you can almost get rid of the scar. But really, scars are forever. They'll be with you till the end. Well, they're not really forever, right? I mean, they are, but they're not. Because we know that one day we're going to get a new body. Right? Amen. Amen. And those scars will be no more. So it's not truly forever. One day we'll get a new body. And those scars will be gone. But I don't know if you caught this from our passage. I, I, I've never, I'd, ne- I'd never like seen this in Scripture or, or realized this. I don't know why. I mean, I've studied for many years and read lots of passages and had lots of conversations, but I never, I never saw this. I don't know if you caught this from our passage, but let me ask you this. When, this conversation with Thomas, when is it happening in time, on the timeline? It's, it's eight days after the resurrection, right? Jesus is showing Thomas his scars after the resurrection. Now, we believe that Jesus is standing there talking to Thomas in his glorified state. Like, you knew Jesus before, but this is the new Jesus, the new glorified, resurrected Jesus. This is his new body. But yet, he's talking, he's talking to Thomas, and he has scars The implication, I think, is that, that Jesus is going to possess these scars for eternity. 
Our scars will be no more, but his scars will remain forever. I don't know about his head. I would think that there were scars from the crown of thorns. And certainly on his back, right? There had to be scars on his back. But, so I'm not sure about the totality of it. But I think that implication is, is pretty strong that Jesus is going to bear these scars forever. It's interesting in the book of Revelation... When, when all this worship is taking place and Jesus is being worshipped, Revelation 5.12 says that they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And, and this, is, this is repeated several times in the book of Revelation. The image that we're presented with is a lamb who was slain, implying there's some visual reminder of what Jesus went through. So I think what's being said here is that Jesus' glorification includes his scars. His perfection is not minus the scars, but it's with the scars. Isn't that amazing? Did you ever notice how children love scar stories? Now, now I have a memory. I I can't pin it down exactly, but... Patty's dad, Wayne, has a nub finger. And, and the story is that he was, him and his little brother, you know, they were kids back in, you know, 1600-something. And no, he's like 80s. You know, this was years and years ago. And he's holding a piece of wood. And his brother's going to split the piece of wood with an axe. And I don't know if he got the wood, but he got Wayne's finger. And so I, I, can, I can recall the little children, the little grandkids sitting around and asking him what happened. You know, what happened to your finger? And then him sharing what happened. Um, do you think like little children that one day will sit around the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, tell us about your scars. I mean, we already know this story, but wouldn't you love to hear Jesus talk about how he got the stars, scars and how he got them for you? The beautiful scars that will forever adorn his glorious body. Now, something else <clears throat> about scars is they are proof. I have an employee who was, who was shot when he was young. And uh, when he was telling me about the incident, maybe my face was like going, eh, I don't know if I really believe you. <laughs> because once he got through telling me the story, he yanks up his shirt and says, see, I really got shot. He had the scar to prove it. I think this is really what Thomas is after. He wants proof. He wants to see the evidence. So Jesus pulls up his shirt, so to speak, puts forth his hands, points to his feet. He accommodates Thomas's doubt. You know, I'm so thankful that Jesus accommodates our doubts. Aren't you? And there's times when he makes himself real to us, like 
you know, we believe like we read and we believe, but then there's times when Jesus makes himself known and he makes himself real to us. And he can do it in a variety of ways. And one, one of the ways he did it for me last Saturday, not that I was doubting at that moment, but I'm human and I can always benefit from being bolstered in my faith. He did it first through a sculpture. And I want you to see this sculpture. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the sculpture, but uh, this is called the Pieta. It's, and that means pity or compassion. And this sculpture was carved by Michelangelo. And it was carved in 1503. He was 23 years old when he carved it. Um, it sits now in uh, St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. It's the only sculpture that Michelangelo ever signed. And if you wanted to buy it, you'd need to come up with $300 million. That's, that's the value attached to it. But um, this is Mary holding the you know, post-crucifixion body of Jesus. So it's depicting this, this time in which, you know, shortly after Jesus is taken down from the cross. And um, it's a compassionate sort of moment. And then there's this. This is a painting by uh, Giovanni Benini or Bellini. And, and it's depicting the same thing. And you can't see it, but... But if you could, if you could zoom in, you would see the scars. There's, there's one in Jesus' side. You can see him in his feet. You can see him in his hand. And this, you know, this artwork just, I was, I, don't, I was just dumbfounded. I was blown away. And I'm not sure why. I'm still not sure why. But I, I could not contain myself. And I think what was happening was is, all of a sudden, there's this realistic idea in front of me, and here's a mother holding her son, but this is not any son, it's, it's Jesus, and I found myself kind of being swept up into Mary's emotions, or what no doubt would have been her emotions in that moment, and her care and concern for the body of Christ. And then I thought, wow, this, this, this really happened. You know, I mean, well, sure, I know that, right? But looking at this and, and contemplating it, I, you know, it, it became more of a reality that, that Jesus really did this. He really gave up his life for me. It reinforced the truth that I already believed. He really died. And there are real scars on his body. And they're still there. Are you a doubter? I, I pray that if you are, Jesus in some way accommodates you. Makes himself real to you. Here's the last thing about the scars. Scars are healing. So, you know, scars are ugly. 
Um, but there are signs that, that you're healing or that you've healed, right? And that's, that's a good thing. Now, this is what really got me when I reached this point. I, I was looking at that uh, painting, and then all of a sudden, the Lord, the Lord reminded me, spoke to me, this verse, Isaiah 53, 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. (laughs) Here's the New Living Translation, just for a little more clarity. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we would be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And then Peter takes this up. Now, we were reading about Peter earlier, and and I just can't help but consider, you know, where Peter was coming from when he wrote this or what he was thinking about when he wrote this. He said, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, by his scars, you have been healed. (laughs) You know, up to this point, I've only referred to physical scars. But there's also an entire universe of emotional scars. Some of you have been deeply wounded. You've been scarred by experiences in life. There's some things that you've caused and you've suffered as a result. And there's other things that you haven't caused. No fault of your own. But you've been wounded deeply. These verses teach that no matter the scar, no matter the circumstance, your healing is in Jesus I think what that verse means more than anything is not necessarily a point in time kind of healing. It could be. But it's more about you coming into relationship with with one who is actually the healer. And as you walk with him, you experience his healing power in your life and you become more and more whole. The thought I had in my heart the other day is that while the scars of Jesus cover my scars. (laughs) Jesus says, listen, I've done what needed to be done. This is what his, this is the story his scars tell. I've done what needed to be done to, to repair your broken relationship with God. He's no longer angry with you. He took it out on me. So come to him. Come to him. Drink this healing water. It's okay. My father is for you. He's not against you. His plans are to prosper you and give you a future. You see that? Like, 
I think that that's probably the most healing truth in the, in the entire universe. The idea that we can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ by way of his scars. You know, the book of Revelation talks about a tree of life at the end. You've probably read it. And it says that that tree is healing for the nations. Well, that tree is representative of Jesus. He's the healer. He's the healer. So here's what I want to leave you with tonight. Bring your scars to Jesus. And let him touch you with his nail-scarred hands. And impart to you healing. It's been bought. It's been paid for. He loves to bind up the brokenhearted. To open prison doors and set captives free. Let's pray. We're going to have communion. So as we pray, let's pray with a view toward what's about to take place. We're told in Scripture, Father, that we should properly discern the body of Christ. I think that's a multifaceted thing, that when we come to partake of these elements, that we don't do it lightheartedly or flippantly. We understand the seriousness of this moment, but it also means that we, we properly discern the body of Christ, which, which was a body that was given to us, for us, for salvation. So it's, it would be wrong not to think of this meal as an invitation. Because today is the day of salvation. And the way of salvation has been made through the body of Christ. Through the blood of Christ. Father, as we partake of this meal, may we more than ever... Realize and taste even the reality of what Jesus has done for us in his name. Hey, thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were encouraged and we'd like to personally invite you to attend one of our services here at Cross Point Church. We meet every Sunday at 11,000 West Oklahoma Avenue in the great city of West Dallas. Our people are warm and welcoming, and we're all learning what it means to follow Jesus together. You can learn more about us at CrosspointWestDallas.com, where you'll find more episodes of our podcast. You can watch past services on our YouTube channel, and we live stream every Sunday at 10 a.m. Until then, thank you for listening to Crosspoint Church.